Hey, Gary. Yes? Hey, do you want to do a podcast with me where we explore core topics? Oh, fuck yeah! Yes! Hey, and let's call it Queer Nundrum. Oh my god, yes! Awesome! Please listen carefully. Hey, hey, and welcome to our show. Today, we're going to interrupt our programming, as it were. Instead of dropping our next episode, we had a few people bring up a conundrum. J.K. Rowling. Which is a really good one. Right? Sorry. JK, yeah, no, it is, it is. And so we appreciate people sharing your conundrums. When we get enough interest on a subject, we interrupt ourselves and bring that to you. So we're going to be diving into JK Rowling's and her conundrum about cool with the gays, not with transgender individuals. So we'll dive into that in a little more detail here shortly. Just wanted to thank everyone for who's listening to our show, who like and share our show, who connect with us on our social media accounts or email us your conundrums, your stories. That is it just means so, so much to us. And I appreciate each and every one of you feeling comfortable to share your your stories with us and that we could give it a platform. Well, and I actually really love that on the Twitter uh, that we have, it's Quinendrum Podcast, that we're actually getting some followers, which is nice. So it, it's building. So I really appreciate it. Thank you, folks, for that. Yes, so. thank you. Thank you, thank you. I just... We'll come up with other ways to thank you besides give you know a voice here on the platform, but we'll we'll come up with other great ways that we can connect with you as we grow and we gain sponsors and we are able to do this more full time because we do have full time jobs. So we'll get into our. But if you guys start watch, listening to us more and we have sponsors, maybe eventually we won't have to have other job and this could be our job. This could it's be, be wonderful. No, no, it's all good. I love it. I, I love what we do, and I'm glad that we could be here. For you guys. So before we get into the topic of our show, as always, we'd like to do a little DL on what's going on in our lives. Gary, would you like to start us off with what's new with you? Uh, sure. Well, first of all, I wanted to say this last week has been talking about jobs. I have been so busy. It's been, uh, we're getting a I new, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're getting a new app because of COVID times that people can order the food ahead through even including all the residents, they can order their food ahead of time and, and they'll just pick it up by the register when they come in. But it's proving to be a real challenge. And I've learned a lot about that kind of stuff that I never thought I would need. And I don't want to know quite honestly, but. Right, so in terms of like the setting up an app or setting up yes. a whole new process. Both. Mm. Yeah, it's it is been, a challenge um, when you have the two in hand. Yeah, and so it's been, I don't, don't get me wrong, I've enjoyed every minute of it. This week has been um, a week of trying to get out, dealing with all that stuff. We start live on Monday, which is normally one of my days off. I get to go in Monday morning to make sure it's all working okay. And so dealing with that, just plus with COVID times, I'm thankful to have a job because we have lost several people and we're all taking on extra responsibilities and stuff. It's just been a long week. But I, again, I've mean, been enjoying all the stuff I've been learning. I want that to know I'm just tired. <laughs> uh, so I did, uh, so uh, I, I don't usually share dreams, but I, I did also the other night have just, I, for me, I usually have these dark dreams that are kind of, something bad is happening always. <laughs> the other night I had a dream 
where I was um, stopped by the the queer eye people oh, cool. and decided they wanted to do a makeover on me. Okay, so they did this makeover on me. Someday and that I, will happen. <laughs> but anyway, and so and so they did this makeover on me, and I okay, this is nice, you know. I mean, in the dream room, Lily, we're sort of our, uh, talking points, saying, "Yeah, no, I don't like that, but sure, that that color, I don't mind." You know, we're going. It's a very detailed dream, and so then I get done with. The queer i think and i literally start walking down the street and i get pulled by somebody who asked me to become a reoccurring character on criminal minds <laughs> so not a, not your typical dark dream no and so that i find out okay cool and i get there to find out that in the dream i know all the actors i mean I, we never it's all about behind the scenes and the sets and and not you know uh, making sure you're not in the way of things and fitting me for different stuff and it was it was a wonderful dream and i usually have weird fucked up dreams just, i woke up from that dream and I, huh. I think that means i've i've made a change in my life somewhere because this is a really nice dream usually i have weird psychotic dreams i'm not kidding like oh i'm i no doubt i have my own i, I have ep, i have episodic dreams so i on a nightly basis i'll have either the same dream or the same dream with slight variations or the next phase of the of those dreams and a lot of them for many years, they were just, I was being being a victim. I was victimized. I was held as a prisoner and all these other things, like just very dark dreams. And through counseling and meditation, I've been able to actually create locks and keys in the dreams. And so I always find different ways to be the detective or the spy or the ninja or whatever it is in the dream to like get out from that scenario and reset the dream into something else, which then always turns into some, I don't know, some weird adventure. It's always sci-fi spin or fantasy spin. And, mm -hmm. and I make it a more enjoyable experience because I, I'm a vivid dreamer. I dream in color. I dream in sound. I dream in feel. It's really quite interesting. So it's almost like I'm watching, a, I'm in a movie, but watching the movie at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I've actually started writing down plots of the stories because some of them I was like yeah I would actually want to see this produced or I want to see this written out so well that is a cool. very interesting dream who knows maybe that maybe the queer eye guys are just around the corner and they're gonna come get you I doubt it but you know <laughs> and then and then while that's happening I'll contact the cast of Criminal Minds who're like hey you guys looking for a Gary you got a but Gary for you. the show's been canceled doesn't even exist anymore so. oh it doesn't oh, no see, how, see no. how well I'm up on the times yeah <laughs> several years now but it's okay yeah well i just i don't watch actually i remember now that what the cancellation but anyway i still watch a lot of i watch tv but i don't i'm very picky about what i watch yeah because we have so many freaking options so. well for me uh for those who are listening if you caught my facebook video uh last friday by the time you guys hear this i'm in the middle of a remodel i kind of took you on a brief tour of what that looks like I, uh, by the time this show airs, the electrical work will have been completed. It's exciting. It's, it's exciting. I'm, I'm working with a team, a five member team. One is a, an individual who's like kind of interning with me. And then the rest are the electrical team. And it's really interesting to have a wide variety of ages, all male, all looking at you like, Okay, what kind of switches do you want? Do you want your electrical here? How high do you want your electrical? Do you want GFI here? It doesn't, it's not required. Do you want this? Like all just directing all these people, they know what they're doing, but I give them, 
the guidance of what I'm looking for because a lot of things are torn out of the house and are, and are not currently in place. So they only could do so much without knowing, okay, yeah, that kitchen window is actually gonna open left to right, not right to left. And that changes where you put electrical outlets or electrical panels. And knowing that I'm able to actually have those conversations with them. And I think that kind of elevated the respect and understanding that there is between me and these individuals. Super cool to work with. I busted, literally busted my ass getting the creepy serial killer basement clean. And I posted a video on my private account. I'll have to share it with you guys, but it was, it was a really, it was really disgusting. The place was- Is this the place where Marshall, you and Marshall went down? Okay, I'm making sure- We wore bio, we wore, the first time we went down there, we wore bio suits and has like has masks. Wish I had kept those notes given that it was COVID a year later, but there is rat poop carcasses, uh, squirrel homes and nutshells and all kind of poop everywhere in the insulation. All that had to get pulled out, bleached. There was mildew in there. We had to clean all the mildew and mold out of there. There was 20, there's like 15 to 20 years worth of trash in there. Thankfully, it wasn't food trash, but children's clothes and Christmas of years of past, Je- uh, kids' Jeep, sand buckets, tables, you name it, car parts. There's a transmission. There's two transmissions down there and eight different types of tires and rims in this basement. That's just, that barely touches the the surface of what we had to deal with. It took three 17 foot U-Haul trucks to clean out, clean that out. And then I have a 15 yard trash bin or whatever. And I filled that up about a quarter of the way of the remaining trash to the point now it is completely clean. There's beautiful light in the space. The air is starting to circulate out and starting to smell better. It's a, a major before and after for me. Evans so is, is it finished down there or not? It is not a finished basement and I don't think it technically can be. I would have to, I think I have to take it down six inches okay. because if, if you're five foot four, it is a very comfortable space. If you're anything over that, it is not a very comfortable space. Like you can stand in most of it, but not throughout the whole space. Okay. So it could easily, someone could easily turn that into a, a finished basement with a spiral staircase and egress windows, but it'll be about $20,000. Well, that's not bad though, really. So. No, because you would have to add at least one egress window depending on how you structure the building. So I, I this made me think of a time period when my mom was looking for an apartment to rent and mm-hmm. she called this one place. And the first question they asked is, well, how tall are you? And she goes, Excuse that is, me. what? Yeah, she goes, what? what? <laughs> well, if you're over, if you're over five, seven, you won't be able to stand up straight in this apartment. <laughs> and so she, she goes, no, I'm, I'm, you know, and she was five, two. And so, so no, it was all okay. But she goes, yeah, never mind. <laughs> Right? That, yeah, no one else would be able to, like Sorry. most of your friends and family, although depending on how you feel about the friends and family, won't be able to go visit you. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. it could easily be, it could easily be converted into that. I don't think that's something that we will do. And that's uh, something I talk uh, about sure. in the, no, it's something, it's, seriously, it's something I talk about in my get shit done with Holly Ray, which hasn't yeah. gone live yet, but there's a difference between building to, for you and your, your family to live in and building to make an income. This house needs to be a safe and nice house. It does not yeah. have to be luxurious, high end. You know, you don't have to put $500 cabinetry, 500 a piece cabinetry, you could do 150 a piece. And there's a difference in quality oh, and yeah. longevity. So 
there's things like that. Exciting is different and your flooring choices are different. Whether or not you excavate your basement is different. So I, no, I don't think that's something we'll do with this property, but it's been fun. Yeah. I'm going to be out yeah. here uh, before we actually started recording. Gary had asked me how long I was going to be here. And I'm actually here for three weeks and then I go home for Valentine's. It'll be our first Valentine's together ever, but especially our first as a married couple. So I'm gonna go back for a few days and then I'll be back for two more weeks. So I'm estimated my project to take five total weeks. Um, so yeah, it's it's different. I miss, I miss my woman, it's lonely. Even though I have my mom here and I love her and she's got her cute fur babies. It's just, it's different. It's not the same. Yeah. It's not the same. Like Des was, Des was talking about, she's like, I was freezing. I was freezing cold. Your dog refused to lay with me. One cat would only stay. The other one kept leaving. I had all the blankets and I was still freezing because I'm not, because basically I'm not there. I, my body heat is not there. Cause she, you're hot. I am hot. So she just, uh, she's missing me for multiple reasons. I also uh, make her lunches and breakfast in the morning. So to get her out the door in the morning. So she misses, she misses that not because I do shit for her, but because it just makes her day a lot, go a lot smoother when you have someone there to balance the days. So, and I agree. I miss her. Okay. Yeah. I miss both of you, but anyway. So oh, sorry. I yes. This is about you, Gary. We miss yeah, you. It's all about you me. Should, yeah, you should just pack up and move back. No, don't do that. Don't, don't Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> so, we might right, relocate. So, Who knows? Yeah. So anyway, th that's, that's what's new with us. Uh, you, we can't, we'll post on our social media. Keep you guys updated. If you're curious, you know, ask. We're happy to chat with you guys. But we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and jump into the history here, kind of start with a little bit of a background on our subject. Yeah, I think uh, I'm gonna do a, a quick, really quick, brief history of J.K. Rowling because we mm -hmm. almost everybody who is fans of hers knows it already. Right, but... and even if you're not, you kind of have an idea because mm -hmm. there, there's enough conversation I think happening in multiple arenas or had happened in multiple areas, so you kind of understand. Yeah. So she was born in um, 1965, so she's just a year older than me, which, and she's done so much more, at least made more money than me. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm going to say, hold on, you, there needs to be a relative perspective yeah. there. Just because she makes more money does not mean that she does more. Now, she does contribute anyway. lots of charity, but we'll get into that later. So she, um, uh, she does have one sister who I want to say is 23 months younger than her. And she seemed to lead a fairly okay life growing up. You know, she went to school, a lot of all the stuff that people know. She was married, then divorced, and uh, later come to find out there was some domestic abuse going on with that. Mm -hmm. She was on a long train ride, a four-hour train ride when Harry Potter first came into her mind and really is fully formed. She um, still, then she uh, was, you know, she was really, she was writing at that point. And then her mother um, died after a 10 year battle with MS. She then, because of that reason, the Harry Potter books went darker, which is actually I think why they're so popular, quite honestly, is that they went a little darker. They really showed what can happen that people have losses and things like that. So mm -hmm. I think that's what made it better. From there, we all kind of know the history. She at one point became a she became a billionaire, but donated so much to charities that mm -hmm. she ended up going back down to being a millionaire. Which you know that does say some nice things about her. Which is the conundrum we're talking about is the fact that she is, by all accounts, most ways a nice person. Really seems to love most people, 
And she even says that she has what the issue of her conundrum is, is with the with dealing with uh, the trans community. But she she says she has trans friends. Now, that's I don't not know the, because yeah, it's not, not the, the same. same. It's like, oh, I have a black yeah. friend, therefore I'm not racist. That's not the same. Or I have a black friend, therefore I don't have white privilege. I'm like, that's still not the same. Like, ah. let's hold your role for a minute. We're going to get there. Let's still talk about all the good for okay, a few please. minutes. Yes, I'm just, so, I'm, gonna, so, I'm working on my. Just calm it down. My, <laughs> yoga, my so. yoga, my yoga breath. I mean, we have to remember that when when Harry Potter was first published, uh, she had her publisher Bloomberry, I think Bloomberry, said that um, that great, we're gonna make. They made a thousand copies, five hundred went out to libraries, and they're going. You have a day job because you'll never make money at this. It's just so as children books, you won't make money. Which and then we now know all that happened that it right. made made a little bit of money. And I'm one of the people. I was there uh, when my, I remember my uh, daughter Linnea was on the phone with her earlier just to make sure I remember the right time frame. She came into Perry, uh, Harry Potter a little late, but she started reading when she was uh, 12. She read the first one. And I was married at the time to Angie. And Angie and I were really, we thought it'd be fun. It looked like it was a cute book and that maybe the three of us could read it together because we knew we were didn't have much time till. Lene would stop not paying attention to us at all. So we're trying to have one last thing we could do. Sure, yeah, way to connect. We ended up both fighting over the book to finish it before Lene would read it. You know, she was still young. She, but <laughs> Angie and I would fight over to who would get the book to finish, you know? And so, and we finished that and Lene was still reading the first one and we got, went out and bought the next one to start reading because they're just, they're good. it was, Though they're amazing books, and and I, that is I, a I, story that is yeah. very, very common. I hear a lot oh, yeah. of parents oh, yeah. when I talk to them about it. They the same thing. They get to the point where they actually have to buy two copies because their kids are catching up to them, or they've caught up, whatever. And they're like, well, "I can't wait for my kid to finish reading the book. I need to do this. I need to get my own." Oh yeah, no. And when I can't remember the, I've got a name, but the death killed me when there was a death in the in the, the books that killed me there was um are you talking about like a character or or an actor a character no it was uh, the first and i forgot his name the student have... who died oh oh my gosh i was thinking about like movie casts that we no no i think there's like I... 20 20 members who have passed since the original honestly i one. stopped watching the movies after the third one because they cut so much stuff out I well just they're movies okay we could go into a whole sidetrack on that let's yeah. stay on topic you gotta keep yeah so um i'm going to find it keep talking keep talking I, keep no talking. we're talking about we're talking about jk rowling's history here i don't know how the okay here it is cedric diggory when he died i okay. remember um and he died in harry potter and the goblet of fire Mm -hmm. When he died, I lost it. I had to put the book down for a little bit because I was just bawling, you know, and it was something that you don't really, yeah, there are some deaths that happen in, in children's books, but it's not very common. And so I was just bawling on that one. That was the first one. And it was just, it sent, I remember sending the, the fandom into tithers, what was all going on. Mm -hmm. So it was, it just says how much people, and this was a character that you knew briefly. It wasn't like he was this, major character but you knew him and it started feeling it i mean she really did bring a community together that they started feeling like family you know family was mm -hmm. dying you know and there's a there's a there's a lot of identity that people found in the books 
Oh yeah. So um, I remember when um, Sirius died. That one just hit me in the gut hard. I had to. There's a little bit there where I go, "Can I read anymore? I, I don't know if I can read these anymore because it really. And I'm reading these books that are, you know, you know, are these theoretically kids books that she did start setting them up. She knew the age she started with, and she started writing these books to go along with as they got older. Right. So they could accept more and more and more. And um, then when Dumbledore died, that one, it was, it was like, no, he did not die. He's going to come back. You know, he's a phoenix, you know. Right. He's, you know, he, he'll come back. I'm not going to, you know, that. And then he never did. It's like, what the fuck is going on? So it's something that just talking from my own personal experience, mm -hmm. it was it was a huge part of my life. I was one of the nerds when the last book came out. Mm -hmm. I was in line to get the book waited in line for over an hour to get the book to make sure that I could read it before anybody could give me spoilers. Okay, this is how important wow. the book Yeah, so. I, were... I had a very different experience. <laughs> yeah. I did not get into it. Do not, preface this, do not at me, okay? I w I'm well aware. What am I about to say? Well aware. I have not read the, all the Harry Potter books. I'm in book four. I just started book four of Harry Potter. So I am way- Crap, I just gave you spoilers, I'm sorry. Yes, you did. But years later, like at this point, it's fair game. I'm not upset by it by any means. I haven't watched the movies. I've watched one, watched the first one, but I've watched any of the other ones. And the reason, not really a reason, but my brother was about that age. My mom and my brother had that connection and I struggled with reading. I struggled with reading until well after high school. And I had to force myself. I read um, some, I think it was Jane, Jane Austen. It was a, a Jane Austen series. And I'm drawing a blank on the book series right now. And then the Ted Decker series, uh, Circle Trilogy. And it was at that point that I really started to read better and enjoy the actual process of reading because it was, I had such a negative st stigma around reading. I wouldn't read out loud i wouldn't i wouldn't even read to myself like it just because i could hear the words in my head and they felt very jumbled and it caused me a lot of stress and, and anxiety and so when i found things that i enjoyed and nobody else was involved in the conversation and i didn't have to talk to them about it because my mom and my brother talk about Harry potter and if i read the books i felt like i was going to be missing something and i and my stupid which shows what it felt like and that's not true it was absolutely not true but that was the stigma of the culture at school, the culture of my friends, not my closest friends, but some of the kids that we hung out in the neighborhood is that we're stupid. You're poor. You're going to, you're going to be, when you grow up, you're going to go to prison, like just these very negative things in my, in my little community. And so I never got oh, into sad. It. Makes me cry a little. It's all, it's, it's all good. I'm not stupid. I can no. read, but I do have really good comprehension. I'm not perfect by any means. I'm not a, a, a person is like a big literature person but it's fine I've gone I've gone through it but I so when my when I lost my my brother he had the entire series my mom had the entire series and she was like donating this is before JK fucked up I so I, in, I inherited the books and then Des obviously she's she read the books with her kids and same similar story that you shared with your family they're, you know, fighting who gets the book and who's going to read it first and all that. Yeah. So it's great. I'm glad that people had that experience. Well, so now I'm starting to read it and Des and I are talking about it and it's exciting to have those conversations. And I'm sorry, Desiree, I spoiled things for her. I'm really, it's okay. really sorry. It's, it's all good. It's all good. It's, I'll probably forget because it's fine. 
And I'll get I'll get onto my tangents a little bit when we. Everything get... I just said about the books were a lie. Nothing I've just said nothing, was true, Holly. So don't worry true. about it. Yes, thank you. There needs to be a spinning circle on the screen and hypnotize me into that belief. But we'll, we'll get into it when we get into a little more of the conundrum of J.K. Rowling's. But we'll and I'll I'll share a little bit more about my personal experience. Too, yeah. So. But it's too late. It's we're not there yet. We're so. not. We're still sharing the love of who she is. Sharing the love. Okay. 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 Yeah. I have, some, a little bit. I have strong emotions and it's hard right. for me to categorize my strong emotions about, about you have somebody who by all appearances is, I, and I can't pronounce the word very well. Philanthropist. Philanthropist. Nope. Philanthropist. That. Thank you. <laughs> I, have a, I, nope, I have a speech impediment and I accept it. Anyway, I'll just point at you and you say the word who apparently does good, right? She obviously has a connection with MS because of her mother. So she donates a lot of time and money, her fandom towards furthering the medical, furthering support, um, science and all that around that particular issue because that was her community. That was her upbringing, her experience. She has other, other areas that she donates to. She was a teacher, so she donates time and money to the education system. She has these experiences that are her own. Battered wives. She's, she gives money to battered wives. Battered wives because she has that experience. And we are, just to kind of break it all down and make it simple, we are some of our experiences. And those experiences are sometimes done to us without our consent. And that's typically as a child. They're done, experiences are done to us as a child. Uh, your parents' beliefs, your, your friends' beliefs, your school system beliefs all of those get put onto you. And then as an adult, as you're forming your own identity, you start exposing yourself to other beliefs and concepts and experiences. And you, you update that information from your childhood. Not everybody gets that update in a way that makes sense or transitions. Well, there's a competing force there. And then that has a result of people being more angry or sad or self-destructive or whatever. I'm not a psychiatrist by any means. I've just had to go through it myself where I had to, as an adult, update my experiences to say, okay, you're no longer that child who believed you were stupid because the kids in your class made fun of you because you have a speech impediment, or you're no longer stupid because you were held back in kindergarten because you had, you had a speech impediment and couldn't say all the letters of the alphabet. The reality Were you held is, back in kindergarten? I was, but the reality oh, is wow. I actually could say the alphabet. I just had a slight accent difference to it because that's how I learned the word. When I first hear a word or a pronunciation of a letter, that's what I that's how, what I identify as, as as that letter or that word or whatever. And it just they missed it. They caught it a few months into my re when they had me redo the first grade or whatever or kindergarten. They're like, oh, actually, you're fine. We could we could move you, but at that point, the damage was done, so they kept me. Anyway, doesn't matter. I had to update that. And I did that through reading. I did that through having conversations with counselors. I did that through university, spending my time in university, just seeing that there are a wide variety of people that experience the world differently. And it's like, well, why can't I experience my world differently? How can I, how can I change my perspective to a more healthier version of where I am a healthy, okay, human being who has flaws. And I think that with JK, there are, experiences that they've gone through that inform their decisions just like everybody else so that her pocketbook goes towards those resources and i think those are great 
But then you have can, this... can I actually list the resources she's put out towards? There's I've got a list here if you don't mind. So we can go over I mean all of you that. You just interrupted me with cussing and my rants, but that's fine. I was about to go into the Yeah, my rant needed interrupting because I'm just emotional yeah. about this. Situation. No, I know. So and we'll get Please. there, trust me. And let's share. Let's yeah. share. I do want to talk about her charity work, and this is me reading from Oregon Magazine. I'm assuming that's correct how you pronounce that. Uh, J.K. Rowling achieved billionaire status because of her success with the Harry Potter series, yada, yada, yada. Right. In 2011, she donated 16% of her total net worth equal to $160 million. One of Rowling's novels, Fantastic Beats, Beasts and Where to Find Them, will be published by Scholactic with the proceeds going to charity Comic Relief and Rowling's Lober Charity Loomis. Within the past year, Rowling's charities have donated more than 8 million pounds to various causes. Walnut Charitable Trust gave more than 3 million to causes like Disaster Emergency Committee, Save the Children, and Christian Aid. Rowling's other charity, Loomis, gave more than 5.2 million pounds to aid orphans and children in perilous situations worldwide. Rowling's charity, Loomis, is an international nonprofit organization whose main goal is to aid orphan children in troubled situations in finding their families and otherwise provide them with loving home. Mm -hmm. Over the past year, Loomis has helped reunite more than 111 children in Haiti with their families. Another of the facts about Rowling's charity work is that in addition to her own foundations, Rowling supports 14 of the organizations. She has served as an ambassador for the charity Gingerbread and now holds the title of honorary president. Gingerbread advocates for single parents by providing them with support and advice. Mm -hmm. Rowling has shown her support for the charity Comic Relief, whose goal is to end poverty and social bias in the UA in the UK. She wrote the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them and put it through the ages for that charity, which is raised. She has raised from those two books, all the proceeds go to that of 70 million pounds for comic relief. An additional charity Rowling fervently supports is the Anne Rowling Regenerative Neurological Clinic located at the University of Edinburgh. Rowling's mother is the namesake for the clinic. She died in 1990 due to complications from sclerosis. So I just want to make sure, because I'm very emotional about everything we're going to be talking about in a minute too. Yes. Um, yeah. But we do have to, I want it to be a full picture of who this, who this woman is, you know? And that's, and that's fair. It, it's, it's easy to get caught up on, on, a, on something and forget the other aspects of the individual or the experience. Now, continue your rant. But this fucking conundrum <laughs> that is J.K. Rowling's. Like, you have all of these things that she does for these communities. And yes, I think there's, like, pause on that for a second. There is a belief that just because you have fame and fortune, that you have to be fair in all your givings, or you have to be involved in all these different charities. Because if you, if for example, if you're a gay famous actor, it's expected of you to also give and represent and be all these things to your your community that you apparently belong to. If you're a Christian, it's like, oh, okay, you have to give money to support Christians and Christian organizations. Like, there gets like this 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 lock and key understanding that these two have to be the same thing, and it and it doesn't. It's completely up to the individual if they want to spend their money and their time and their and their famous you know, what makes them famous to, to promote those, those ideas. Well, Go ahead. and I think what you're, what you're saying here is that it, dealing with the conundrum is that it is a real conundrum because you look at all these wonderful things she's done. Right. And she support gay characters. She gay, supports gay, gay characters. 
she has numerous times has shown support for gay and lesbian individuals and characters and she says Dumbledore is gay I mean come on yeah all of these things that are fantastic for the community and there's a there is a following within our community that love Harry Potter for those reasons for that inclusive inclusivity that is apparent in the books but then there's that line yeah the but there's a but in there it's a big but it's a big big <laughs> sorry no, it's it's not that kind of big but. Not that time. <laughs> no, not not right now. So so what we're kind of getting into is she all right. Just mm, okay. Mm. Why don't you read from that? You have that right there? Yeah, so she wrote a letter. She wrote a letter of response. She took a break from social media for a while because she had um she had liked a comment that was transphobic and she had also supported a an individual whose name's Maya Forstart. She was a tax specialist who lost her job because of a tweet that she wrote that is transphobic. And the judge ruled that it that it that her comment was not protected by by the by the laws of, of their country and that she actually had violated uh, and done harm to individuals, specifically the transgender community. And JK had had said, I support this person and their rights to to further this with the courts and that they are that they should be protected. So that added to the to the, the snowballing effect that started happening about her being transphobic in general. So she goes on in this letter. It's a really good letter. I highly recommend everyone to read it because we should be informed from the words out of this individual, but also just the people in their lives. Uh, but you can go to their website and it's under their opinion. So J it's jkrowling.com and it's opinions. There's an open letter that she wrote and it's dated. Oh, she's, a, she's a really good writer. Really good this. writer. Yeah. Um, she, she wins awards for these letters sometimes, depending on the context. But well, this, this particular, she was, I'm going to say, I'll let you continue. Yeah, she got third place in the year for best written essay mm -hmm. for something that is talking very badly about the trans community. Yes. So, from the BBC. From the BBC, yes, yeah. exactly. Sorry. So, no, you're now. fine, you're fine. <laughs> she goes on to say, I've met trans people, I read some books, blogs and articles by trans people, gender specialists, intersex people, psychologists, safeguard experts, social workers, doctors, blah, 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 blah. This is the, but I have that one transgender person, therefore I'm not transphobic kind of statement. This yeah. is how I read it. I don't know if that's what, how she intended it, but that's how I read it. And the fact that she is a, a professional writer gives me pause to think maybe that was exactly what she was doing. Anyway, so she's like, on one level, my interest is in the issue has been professional because she writes, she's writing a crime series and she was doing some research on that and saving tweets and, and different comments that she saw on social media that she thought warranted additional investigation for developing a character in a book in the process of doing that she said she hit the like button on the wrong on a wrong link and that she started getting harassment from that people started sending her hate mail burning her books just just minute it was really small at that point but then months later when she she had done something with her character in a book and she had done something in social media that was continuing to be that transphobic line of thinking and she got it, it just it blew up 
people were burning her books. Do you want to talk about what what the was in the book that caused the issue? Or um, I can. So yeah, sure. As, so the the big issue was that there her character, who was I do believe going to be a serial killer, mm -hmm. um, was a man who dressed up in women's clothes mm -hmm. and used that as a reason to get close to people and and so. A lot of people, and I, I've never read the books, I can't, I just know that part of it. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people took uh, a lot of, that they put it all together, showing that, you know, with what some of the comments she made, that that was something that she didn't, that she obviously like trans people, which yes. I tend to agree with. I don't want to sound like I'm defending her in any way, so. Right, and then she made a comment about menstruating and a woman oh, menstruates yeah. and it just, I mean, so bad. There's just so many things that were just done wrong here. Um, not even done she... wrong, just are wrong. Like she just is wrong in this. Well, um, and all the different what she said and what was the name for those people? It was like that she played the name on woman several. I can't remember now what it was, but oh gosh, it'll come to me in a was, second. But it was it was just terrible. It's just yeah, it's just women menstruate, and it was just this whole anti-transgender bullshit comment. She's been getting a lot of hate for that. That's, and and she's, I don't well, know. Well, even, guys, even, okay, so forget the, the trans part right now. She's forgetting women who have had to go through hysterectomies because of cancer. Right. Or uh, women who are older. So she's, you know, in the, how, if you want to take it down to the, the thing is, she's saying that only women who, who menstruate, I mean, when it really goes down to it, are able to, use a, the bathroom you know what I mean it's like I mean and that's not what she means I get it but it's still she's really narrowing it down she really does so she goes into this is actually quite a conversation with a lot of people about transgender their their transphobic response regarding transgender individuals is that well if you do that you have these open bathroom situations a man could just enter into the bathroom women's bathroom and sexually assault and victimize them Guess what? Nothing's stopping them from doing that now. Yeah. Just saying that I've gone into the men's room to pee because the women's line is ridiculous. Nobody stopped me. They looked at me a little weird, but I'm like, you're doing your thing. I'm doing my thing. Whatever. It's a bathroom. I, 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 that thing just falls flat on its face. Then she goes, I mean, all, all these things do, but she goes on to say, well, you have these teenagers doing these packs and they're going and having a sex change as a group of friends. Yeah, yeah, they they also eat Tide Pods too. So I'm just saying that they're they're fucking young human beings. Their brains aren't even fully developed, and they're figuring out what their identity is. And at some point, before they reach adulthood, they're identifying more with their peers than they are with their own parents and other family members, or even what they're going to be 10, 15 years from now. They're identifying with their peers, and if their peers are doing that, then yeah, they're going to follow the crowd. They're, that's going to happen regardless. regardless. Well, let's talk about the fact that at that point. If they truly want to, you know, it depends how far they want to go with it. They have to go through a bunch of psychological counseling and yes. medical stuff. It's not like it, it's yes, just a, it's not know. like it's it's done. And that's and she talks about how it's irreversible. They, you know, these these individuals go through it and then they have these long term effects. It's like yeah, there are long term effects for the things that we do in our lives. If you are jumping off of roofs into bushes and you impale yourself, you're going to have a long term issue as a result of that, likely. I'm just saying, I'm not saying that that is on par with, with going through a transition, a, a gender transition. I'm just saying that we make choices before our brains are fully developed. 
that may be different when we're a little bit older. I'm not, those are the exceptions and should not be the basis of any sort of civil rights that are deserving of the people who identify well, as transgender. So that comment, her her defense on that is a bullshit. Well, anybody's defense on that is a bullshit. And I'm trying to remember if it was either, was it, I can't remember now which Wales or it could have been Australia or New Zealand. I can't remember which was that they're trying to put a thing where they, that they can go in and get their birth certificates changed. Anybody can, if they identify with the different sex, they can, they can put that in without having to go through any surgery or anything like that. And she's saying that's going to prove to be a problem because uh, then, you know, a man can say they're a woman and be able to go in, in into the to the women's room mm-hmm. which honestly like you were saying before people do it all the time now anyway uh right. dean has used the women's room when the, there's no line and he needs to be you know right so you know it, basic human needs right yeah. so yeah. she does say in this letter again i encourage people to read it that she believes the majority of trans identifying people not only pose a zero threat to others but are yes, also vulnerable true. for all re- reasons that she's previously outlined she identifies some some vulnerabilities there that I kind of touched on, um, but they deserve protection. And like women, they're most likely to be victimized by sexual partners. She talks about trans women who work in the sex industry, particularly women of color. They're at particular risk. She understands the domestic violence that can occur. Now, these things that she kind of highlights here, these are issues among uh, among others that could be curved significantly if our culture and our language in our culture is updated. And what I mean by that is people fear the unknown. So the more they know and understand something, the better they are informed in how they make their decisions. When you have a child, this if, again, I'm not a psychiatrist by any means, but if you have a child who's 13 years old and, and, and they were born identified female, but they identify male and they want to and they want to change their name to a male identifying name and they want to be addressed as they them i as a parent i can only imagine like what those feelings might be i'm not a parent so i can't un- understand it but i can say this negative reactions and treating them like shit, kicking them out of the house being mean or violent to them is only going to further push them away Okay, let's remember though, J.K. Rowling has never done any of this stuff. So. She's never done any of this. Yes. Stuff. No, no, not by any means. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, in the vein of people that are supporting her transphobic beliefs, have this idea. It's like, well, you have to be, you know, you have to be mean. You have, you're not doing your job as a parent, or you, you don't have a father figure. You don't have a mother figure, and that's what that's why your kid's going through this. No, they're going through an identity. Like that's what they do. That's what humans do. And they all experience it differently. All I'm saying is, is that loving and accepting people goes a lot further in helping that individual experience a positive self-identity experience. They're going to, people are gonna go through changes. No, no, she has not by any means been violent or, or outwardly hateful, but she has done transphobic things and has hurt oh, the community. And that it's very hurts deeply. I very much where i am trying to i don't want to so i have talked to four different people i know who every one of them the sad part about it is every one of them loves the harry potter series mm-hmm. every one of them they've all read it they loved it it you could tell that almost it was like they, a little part of them died inside when they found out this about mm-hmm. jk rowling mm-hmm. 
-hmm. All of them, every one of them I talk to is not going to change the feeling they have about the Harry Potter series. But they, they changed it, about her. I bet about her. Um, I I know that one of the parents of one of them has said that they still love the Harry Potter series. They will not buy anything of hers again. They don't want to make it go towards her getting money. Mm -hmm. um, they will never read any of her other books, probably. And I have issues with some of that, but not really. I get it because it's hard. She's really come out against it, you know. Even as she's saying it's, even as she's saying it's, it's. I love these people, but they're different. So she's what we're saying here. I'm just trying is that that no matter what she's saying, they're different. We're trying to get in a, in a world where we're saying that they're. They're, they are normal. There's nothing wrong with them. And where she's coming at, even she says she loves them all, she makes it sound like there's something oh, wrong yeah. with them. Yes. I think that's what you wanted. I think I'm trying to paraphrase yes. a little bit what you No, abs absolutely. Thank you. And I, I appreciate it. I, she has said, and, and, and she says it in her, in the writings here, but she has also voiced that, of course, trans rights are human rights. And of course, trans lives matter. Um, she does, she has that basic understanding. And she, I think it comes from a place of fear that it, are, is informing her, people who are afraid, who are informing her that while well, their transgender is gonna hurt, hurts women. Um, there's this whole conversation about transgender individuals being in sports and having the competitive advantage. Right now there's a case on the East Coast where some uh, family is suing this girl who won awards in their sports because this girl is, is transgender and therefore has a competitive edge and they're likening it to steroids and hormone treatments and stuff like that. It's just bullshit. And there's no science that show that that even is true by any, like by any measure of the imagination, but it's out there. Oh, women already have, already have to deal with disadvantages because of the way our society is that men get all the advantages and women have to fight harder. They make less money on the dollar and all this stuff. And it's like, well, now you're going to throw transgender individuals in there. Now that changes everything. Guess what? They exist regardless of what you believe. We need to get past this and we need to accept and love everybody and not have this, oh, well, women are going to have a big disadvantage now. Fine. If I get my ass kicked in rugby by a woman who happens to be a transgender woman, great. Good on you. I don't care. There's always going to be somebody out there who's a little bit faster, smarter, stronger than somebody else. And it's not going to be, it should not be broken down like this. This is well, just a camouflage of hiding. They're hiding behind their transphobic beliefs behind this facade. They don't give two shits about women's well, rights. Well, and that I want to add into that the fact that um, this is way before you were born, that uh, Renee Richards um, um, had a male to female sex change operation and yeah, tennis um, player right yeah tennis player yeah and she played throughout the 70s and she never got even into rankings because she just the women the you know the other women were just so much better than her so right there that proves right there it's, it proves that this is not you know, it's not a, a one-way situation yeah. <laughs> here it's we're human beings and it's just we just need to stop hiding behind that and so so <laughs> I recommend, I, I, I recommend that you read the letter. I recommend that, you know, obviously don't support financially if that's your, your beliefs. That's currently my belief. I'm not buying, I'm, I have the Harry Potter books that were handed down to me. I'm not buying anything more. Um, I'm not, so I will not be supporting her 
I, I do have some remarks just that I wanted to share kind of my initial thoughts as I was going through this and we were studying, which is, um, and I think this is probably how a lot of people feel too, is that in really diving into this conversation even more, like I've, I had a cursory understanding of her, of her phobia, her transphobic behavior, but never really dived into it and got into all the details and the different perspectives. And as I was doing that, I, I caught myself trying to make it okay. I tried to justify oh, rationalize, rationalization. I tried so hard to rationalize and I had to catch myself. I'm like, oh, I can't do that. I mean, that's how that cognitive dissonance happens, right? You rationalize a past decision and then you, you continue to rationalize it, even though everything contrary to it says it was a wrong choice. And you're like, no, 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 I made it. I have to stick with it. And I had to, I had to keep reminding myself. I'm like, no, this is wrong. This is as much as I want to unpack what I'm hearing, what I'm reading, what I'm understanding in a way that I can still enjoy her work. I just, I can't, I, I cannot in good conscience do that. And by her own words, she's wrong. She talks about in numerous areas of, of her social media accounts and her writings about bigots and about bigotry. She is doing just that oh, yeah. with her actions. And by her own words, I hope by her words and so many others, I hope and pray that she can find a change of heart, a change of mind that, and with that find forgiveness for, and, and be able to have this, this redeeming part of who she is and, and, and start that healing process of the damage she has caught, you know, or caused, excuse me. I hold on to that. I hold on to this, this hope, but until then I, I just profoundly and deeply disappointed and angry. I'm emotional about it. Um, and that probably comes out a little bit in this episode today. And I apologize for, for those who probably got a little too much of me in your ear today. I think it's wonderful. So it's, I'm, I'm just now reading the series. I'm in the middle of it. And I'm, I, I'm at that point. I'm like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta read the next book. And I, I there's this competing person portion of me. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> There's this competing portion uh, in me that's like, well, you really want to enjoy this book because it's a really good story. But then there's, oh, but the author's a dick. It's like, it's so hard. And I, and I, and, and now I feel ashamed when I read the books and I don't like that. I don't like that. I have that feeling and I, I have to reconcile that in some way. And I've got to process that and in reading for the show has really brought that to the surface for me. And so I have to do some, I'd have to spend some time with me sorting that, sorting that out. And I probably will read the series uh, because the series are good. I think there's a lot of good that came from those books when they came out. It really got kids engaged in reading. It got kids engaged in creativity. It, there was a lot of great things that came from the creation of those books. And yes, she's doing a lot of great work in how she donates her time and money and, and furthering education and, and, protecting battered women. But she's wrong. But she's wrong when it comes to <laughs> transgender individuals. Those men, In end, those men and women, wrong. yes. Yeah, she's just and wrong. The, she's just wrong. Those men and women deserve the dignity and respect of civil rights as everyone else. And we need to stop the conversation where, we need to stop the conversation to being men, women, and transgender men and women. No. It's men and women. Men and women. Yeah. That's it. So. I did want to add in here that um, Daniel Radcliffe and Emma Watson. Oh gosh, 
Um, they're so both many. very, though, they were talking about, they're both, first of all, very upset with what she said, but also they're both have, before this came out, were very uh, pro queer rights. They were mm -hmm. very, both of them. Um, so it's something that it was near and dear to both of them anyway, and it really hurt both of them on that. Also that Ezra Miller, who is the star of the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, mm -hmm. identifies as they. It's they, them, there. And they are very upset with what JK has come out with. So Yeah. Because it hurts them too. Yeah. You know, they're part of the conversation now, right? And so yeah, so there's a lot of actors who have spoken out. It's not just Radcliffe and- um, Oh no, I'm just using the ones that are directly associated with what stuff she's done. No, yes. She's had some, she's, yeah, she's- Yeah, like peop, actors from the Fantastic Beast series as well, as well have spoken out against these comments and just, you know, for example, I, in, in 2020, June 2020, which is about the same time, uh, JK wrote her, her open letter, Emma Watson tweeted, trans people are who they are and deserve their lives, their lives without being constantly questioned or told they aren't who they are or, or aren't who they say they are. And it's so, it's so true. You have Bonnie Wright, who's also put out tweets in support of, of gay rights, but also transgender lives. You have Noma, just so many people. Yeah, there's so just, many people that you can so just... So it's... Oh, <laughs> So I want people to hear what I'm saying. There is one individual who is very wealthy, who has done something super, super shitty, but you have numerous others who are in huge support of your rights. And that should be celebrating. We should be focusing on that too. We should be praising these people and supporting them for standing up and protecting those individuals. And I hope that they can find peace and love here in our program and what we do as part of what we do is we create a language, we create, we update the language, we create a safe space, we create a place for your stories to be told and for your stories to be heard. And I truly believe that if we update our language, we update our understanding, we update our beliefs, and we can then see a truly accepting and loving and supporting culture for all people. And can I add on to that part in particular, Please. is that the four people I talked to, I asked each one of them because I wanted if one of them would please come on and talk about this. And this is where the sad part about it is, is they're all too scared to still do that. They don't, they are who they are in their area, their communities, they're comfortable, but they don't want, they're still scared of the backlash that would happen. Yeah. One of these people has, has been identified, shoot, getting close to 20 years now, and they're still scared to become more public with it. That's, fair. That's the sad part about this is that it does bring and that I, up. I think we're going to have a lot of people who feel that way. And that's where you and I have talked about this before. We do it anonymously. We can share people's stories yeah. anonymously. By doing that, we create conversational space for those who might be in that same place, mm -hmm. knowing they're not alone, knowing that their experiences, there's some shared experiences out there. And, and that can, that can help people through things that are going on in their lives and, and keeping yeah people keep in mind that you may not want to you, you may not want to share with people but if you just need somebody to talk to either holly or i are more than willing to just uh, if you want to even just do that yep it's something that we can't understand that's why we through. set up the email to be separate so it wouldn't, wouldn't it be a public yeah. forum but it would be and a place will, yeah 
yeah, where people can like, you can send us your conversations, you can share you can share your stories, you can ask us your questions, and with that, understand that as we get more and more of that, and we still have a full time job, our responses could be up to up to seven days. We try to get to them really quickly within the first couple of days. Understand that we're just we're we are here for you. We, we want we want people you. to know. Absolutely. And we can't understand what you're going through, but we will listen to you. And Absolutely. It's I. And that's true with everybody. We may not. Yeah. We have our own experiences. Um, we have our own, our own beliefs, and those aren't going to always match up with other people. But that's part of the conversation of creating this community is to, to learn and grow from each other and primarily listen. And that's what we want to create here with our with our show is to create a place where you have someone who can listen to you. I think we can both, you know, in trying to wrap this up, I think yeah, we can yeah. both say that it, um, it to me, I'm going to bet you kind of feel the same way, even though you just started reading them. It's almost feeling like a family member you thought completely accepted everything. It's like that aunt that you thought was just the coolest aunt in the world and finding out that, oh, that you're a racist bigot. I Yeah, and that, that actually it will be my queer, my queer corner um, when we get into that. Okay. So. All right. And so I think that ends up part two. I think let's Yeah, you want to go to our queer corner? Okay, here's yeah. the intro music for the queer corner. Is that better? Is that the, the same? Like, it was exactly the same. Cool. It's cool, cool. We'll work on it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. We're dorks. Thank you for bearing with us through that emotional experience. Uh, please connect with us on our social media accounts and share us, share your thoughts and feelings on this as well. I would really appreciate to hear from you guys. This part of our show that we're transitioning into is our queer corner. It's a part of our show where uh, we either take, you know, little quips and things that we get from our social media accounts or our personal experience, or we dive into the language uh, terminologies that are part of the LBGTQAI community. And um, yeah, so kind of just on the vein of what Gary was just saying about, oh, that really, that, that fun family member that you thought accepted you and accepted, accepted people, turns out that they're racist bigot. And I won't be surprised if I get added by this individual and I don't care. I have an aunt. I do not claim them to be family member anymore, although I did use the title of aunt. That has narcissistic behavior, has been diagnosed uh, with the mental disability disability or disorder or whatever. Um, just growing up, I thought she was the coolest. I lo I looked forward to hanging out with her. We're really close in age. I thought that she was a very like down to earth, connected to the human soul and spirit of everybody. And at some point she had, she had two children and one of her, her kiddos at about the age 13, I don't know what the whole conversation was, but mom put it out there on Facebook. My child identifies now as this. My child's pronouns are this. Now, mind you, I don't know that that child at the time wanted it to be on a social media account, but she became, this aunt, became this huge advocate of transgender rights and LBT, LBGTQ rights in general. And just was going on and on and on and on. And this child does not, like a year later, did not identify with 
identify as that. They were, it, it was a peer group thing, kind of identity experience thing. It was the individual, it was their own individual experience that they were kind of going through. And they, I don't really know the full story and I, I don't want to impose on them what I think the story was about and what was going on. But initially that her mother or yeah, her mother's experience showing up on social media could be, be viewed as like, very supportive and opening and loving parent is great, but it pigeonholed her. It pigeonholed her daughter. It pigeonholes other other individuals who go in that experience get pigeonholed, and it's like, oh, you can never go back another another direction, or you can't experience something else because then you've made this liar, like you lied to your family or something. And I want to caution people about doing that, about pigeonholing anyone, regardless if they're 13 or 33. Pigeonholing somebody into a, into an identity is harmful. Pigeonholing yourself into an identity or whatever it is for you in your life can be harmful. And we need to be allowed to be ourselves and experience who we are and grow and develop because we're always evolving. And I, I as a person who's always evolving, I hope I'm always evolving. I, I want people to experience that for themselves. I want them to feel free to experience who they are, to af affirm their identity. And maybe you haven't figured out and you have your identity figured out. Great, awesome. Maybe you don't, or maybe something happens in your life that changes and that's okay too. Some people experience a death in their family or a near death experience themselves. And they have these moments of realization of their own identity. And there's some shifts that happen with that. And we need to support and love people for who they are. And I, we've kind of talked about that a little bit. And I, I, I just, I wish there was more of that. And I've tried to put out some resources on a Facebook where people could go and kind of read um, some, you know, self-help type guiding books that I think could be useful. But I just, I kind of going back to that family member, they ended up being positive towards female gays, gay people or or, or women who identify as gay or lesbian. Um, but men were sexual assaulters. They were criminal. And it was all men, but that was like, I don't know. It just- You're it, saying it's if a man was gay that they were- They were a predator versus, okay, so one, yeah. versus women who were, and they weren't, you know, it just this, I don't understand that mentality. I've heard that before, men are, are more likely to be accused of a crime, especially if there's a child children involved, whether it's a family member's family member or they're, you know, in the community or whatever. If they show interest to a child and find out they're gay, it's like, oh, you're you're a pedophile, and it's like, oh, but yeah. if he was straight and with a woman, you wouldn't have had a problem with it. But because there's two gay guys and a cute little puppy who are cooing over your baby, they're a pedophile. Like I just, the whole, I I just I feel so much for gay men they've gone through so much shit i mean we all go through it in some way but they get accused of the mo most heinous things and then they get thrown into prison with that title and then they get further victimized our prison system is so effed up i could go on a whole nother tangent on that and i won't right now but another day anyway i'll, I'll step off my box hold on all right <laughs> <laughs> I think at this point, we want to make sure that for listeners who do listen to it, make sure they understand that I uh, that we understand that not 
just gay men have issues. There's oh, women's rights, absolutely. Black oh. Lives Matter. It's so many things. That absolutely. I, you know, so just making sure that's. I appreciate. I appreciate you qualifying that a little bit further. Yeah. By no means am I trying to say one more so than the other. It's, I have a personal experience of family yeah. members who've been wrongly accused. And a very, very, yeah. Yeah. Very, very yeah. And so I, I, again, this goes back to, we are individuals who are some of our experiences and that sometimes informs our language and our conversation. And it's, it's good to have and accept when you have friends like Gary say, well, let me just make sure that we have, we're saying this a little bit clearer you are saying this and then i can say yes or no that's up to me whether or not yeah. i'm going to update oh, that yeah. language right that is why we have to have conversations and be open to having those conversations and respect between each other calling people out on their bs like if i make a mistake and i might i might mess up a terminology and we talked about this in our show before fuck i do we, that all the time we will likely screw up we're human beings we have good intentions to be good humans and good stewards of the language of the community for you for us we will make mistakes when you at us on our social media accounts and send us emails keep that in mind you say hey i noticed that you were saying this terminology regarding the transgender community incorrectly or you didn't talk enough about black transgender individuals and the discrimination that happens largely in towards them versus i understand we understand that it might not have been fresh in my mind in the conversation and and please forgive me if that gets if that gets missed. So that was a very powerful clear corner. Um, mine, I wow. So mine is more. <laughs> I just we also I, went I, a little I, bit longer with this one because let's be yeah. honest, there's a lot of there was a lot of emotional energy. Oh yeah, it it might end up being. We we talked about making this whole issue a two parter, but um, mine is just more. Um, I want to honor Cloris Leachman, who, at the at the recording of this podcast, has just recently passed away. Mm -hmm. She was a huge advocate of the LGBTQ plus people. She attended multi times the Glad Media Awards to honor those people. Um, she was also in an episode of Mary Tyler Moore, where come to find out her brother was gay. And what was wonderful about that episode is that for if you guys know Mary Tyler Moore's show, great, but I know probably some of you don't. Her, uh, it's her, one of her frenemies on the show is, is a person named Rhoda. And she, oh, she just not like Rhoda. And she thought at first that her brother would, had come to visit and was wanting to, um, date Rhoda and she was just so oh, that's just terrible she was just depressed about it and finally at the end of it she's having this fight with Rhoda about seeing her brother and how this can't happen and finally Rhoda goes don't worry there's nothing going on with us how do I know and Rhoda just and goes he's gay and Rhoda uh, and Phyllis's entire remark at that point was oh thank god <laughs> and so in that time period this is like a small thing but it was this show that was overall this nice sweet show it was a time when almost all states were still that it was considered a mental illness or it had only been like six months that it hadn't been considered a mental illness mm -hmm. was saying gay is okay right and i just want to thank her and um as a as a young 
boy watching that episode, even though it took me forever to come out, it was a wonderful thing to see right. and think, okay, there are people out there who care, who care about who I am. That's where, you know, and uh, she's done so many wonderful things. She is in the best movie, one of the best movies ever, Young Frankenstein. Mm. Um, she won an Oscar for uh, The Last Picture Show. Um, I would recommend watching some of her work, but I, I yeah, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, I, w also, wonderful actress. We also recently uh, lost uh, Sophie Zion. Um, oh yeah, Sophie. She was in a car accident this weekend and passed away. And so our love and love out to her friends and family. Definitely, um, just an amazing performer. Just in her prime, just starting their career, and had just. A lot of uh, advocating rights for for transgender and individuals, and just a sad loss all around. Yeah. So after this wonderful episode that we've done, that is yeah. a lot of downers, but we're gonna I just want everybody to know how much we love you and thank you for listening to us. Absolutely. And then we'll we'll resume next week unless there's a, another beautiful conundrum that somebody brings up to us. Um, we'll jump back into with Anderson Cooper. And thank you folks very much. We love you. Thank you so much. Until next time, we love you. Be well. Thank you for connecting with us on this week's Conundrum. Connect with us on Facebook. Instagram. Twitter. At Conundrum Podcast. And email us at conundrum at queernundrum.com. Please rate and review us on iTunes. Until then, peace and be well and be queer.